is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. We'd like to welcome new patrons Mickey Adams and Nathan Murphy. Thank you for your support and for helping to make these stories possible. To hear this and other episodes ad-free, listener shout-outs, and more, help support the show through our official Patreon at patreon.com slash bleedersdigest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. Be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. Bleeders Digest, issue number 29. The Return of the Homecoming Queen. This story is called The Return of the Homecoming Queen, written by Spider One. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Donna D'Angelo. You're welcome. She's a horrible person, a real piece of shit. Problem is, she doesn't think she is doesn't have a clue. You know the type. One of those people that floats through life doing despicable things to everyone around them, but acts completely flabbergasted if anyone dares suggest that she's being rude or disrespectful. As far as Donna is concerned, she's wonderful and kind. Others are just so clueless they don't see it. Not to mention, they could never understand the pressure she's under. It's a difficult burden being so pretty and smart. The jealousy she faces on a daily basis isn't easy, but she wouldn't expect you to understand. Not with that nose. For fuck's sakes, you ever heard of plastic surgery? Donna's warped perception of herself started at an early age. Her older brother Benny was quite a disappointment for her parents. Neither one of them wanted a boy in the first place, and mom and dad weren't shy with their low opinion of their baby boy. His eyes are so far apart. He looks like a damn lizard, dad would say. A lizard would be an improvement. Mom would chime in. I can bring that thing out in public. People will stare. Mom and Dad considered not trying for another baby, but figured it couldn't get any worse than little Benny, so they went for number two. Early on in the pregnancy, they found out they were having a girl, and they were excited, but still nervous. What if she's ugly? Mom mused. I can't deal with another ugly child. We could always leave her at the fire station if she looks like her brother. Dad suggested, only half-joking. Well, fast forward nine months later and all fears were put to rest for the trepidatious couple. Little baby Donna came out perfect. A golden child. Bright blue eyes, perfectly spaced, a button nose and cute pouty lips. She looked like one of those baby models on the box of diapers. Mom and Dad couldn't have been happier. Yes, thank Jesus, she's not a dog. When brother Benny, now two years old, asked to see his little sister, they shunned him away. Keep your distance. I don't need you rubbing off on her. Yeah, kid. You can look, but just don't touch her. Parents of the year. No wonder Donna grew up to be such a monster. It didn't take long for the preferential treatment from Donna's parents to seep into her DNA. She was groomed to be a terror, and a terror she became. But a funny thing happens when you're a cute little girl. You get a pass even from adults that should know better. 
As early as preschool, teachers would look the other way or find convenient excuses for Donna's mean girl behavior. Donna would not share. Donna would not listen. Donna would not do a goddamn thing that Donna did not want to do. Only once in those formative years did someone step in and try to correct her tragic behavior. Miss Taylor, a kind, elderly, first grade teacher, sat with Donna at recess one day and gently attempted to explain that being thoughtful and nice was a much better way to behave because it would make others feel happy and making others feel happy would in turn make herself feel happy. Miss Taylor took the child's hand and smiled a loving smile. Donna pulled back her hand, wiped it on her dress, and simply said, It smells funny. Yuck! And so this continued throughout the years. Name-calling and cruelty fueled little Donna's days. The ironic part of it all is that she never lacked in having friends. It seems there was something about her unforgivable behavior that attracted followers. Other little girls and some boys seemed to envy Donna, Either that or they were just simply terrified of her. Regardless, she was a queen ruling her flock of playmate peasants. And let's not forget about her poor brother Benny, now just a shell of a child, barely able to mutter a sentence, relegated to a life of abuse and loneliness as Donna grew more confident, beautiful, and mean with each passing year. But all acts of past cruelty would soon pale in comparison as Donna entered the ultimate breeding ground for hate and inhumanity. High school. Woo! It was through those four years at Sun Valley High that Donna's collection of emotional and sometimes physical victims grew exponentially. <laughs> no one was safe, and almost everyone received an agonizing rebranding. There was... Witch face. And... Crotch waffle. And... Buffalo gums. And... Pig body. And... Low tide. And... Shit stain. You get the idea. Don't forget stumps. That freak was in a wheelchair. Yes, anyway. Oh, and dick chin cock face. Okay, we get it. Can I continue? Whatever, loser. Through her four years of high school, Donna still managed to maintain a circle of worshippers that supported and laughed at every cruel move she made. She rarely referred to these friends as anything beyond slut or bitch, and even had one slightly overweight friend she kept around just to, uh, quote, have something to laugh about. Still, despite all of this and more, Donna D'Angelo was voted homecoming queen by her senior class, and her acceptance speech was exactly as expected. Yeah, so I know I'm supposed to thank everyone for voting for me, but why should I? Obviously, I deserve it. I'm prettier than everyone here, and that's why you voted for me. You didn't have a choice, so yeah, whatever. Enjoy your sad, pathetic lives. I'll be rich and famous and hotter than any of you anyways. Everyone applauded, both victims and worshippers. And that, as they say, was that. School was over, and the applause of homecoming disappeared into the vacuum of the real world. Time marched on, but Donna remained unchanged. Certainly, victims of abuse weren't always as accessible as they were in school, but they were out there. Low-hanging fruit were waiters, retail salespeople, or anyone that didn't look or sound like her. Speak fucking English. Gross. Surprisingly, Donna's ugliness on the inside didn't seem to affect her outward appearance. She remained quite pretty and youthful, even at 38, though her plans of becoming rich and famous hadn't panned out. She never married because, as you might expect, no one was good enough. 
and she had cut off all ties with her loser brother, Benny. Why should I talk to him? I can't even understand him with that fucking stutter. She did keep her awful parents in the picture, if for no other reason than to borrow money as payback for... Ruining my life! Donna really couldn't quantify whether or not she was happy. She certainly didn't seem happy, but would never admit to feeling sad or inadequate. She would, without a doubt, tell you how underappreciated she was. The world had never fully recognized her value because, of course, the world was full of... Fucking losers. Twenty years had passed since high school, and as those years passed, she would at times begin to doubt if she would ever get what she deserved. Then one day, a letter showed up. This particular piece of mail stood out from the usual... Bullshit junk mail. I mean, seriously. I swear that fucking idiot mailman gives me extra just because he hates his life and his wife is fucking disgusting. Everybody knows she's his beard. This piece of mail came in a heavy envelope with one of those fancy wax seals. The paper inside of the envelope was just as impressive. It was heavy and textured with gold leaf trim. But the message inside was indeed the most magnificent part. It read... All hail the Queen, dearest classmates and colleagues of Sun Valley High. We hope this message finds you well. On this 20th anniversary of our graduation, we hereby extend an invitation to the most special event. Beyond the traditional celebration of reunion, we have something extra planned. A night to honor our beloved homecoming queen, Donna D'Angelo. Donna is an incredible woman whose beauty and grace has, even after all these years later, left an indelible mark on our lives. It is now, with the distance of time, that we all realize that our queen did not receive the appreciation she was due, and we have an opportunity to revisit and properly commemorate the one and only Donna D'Angelo. Signed with great affection, our graduating class. Donna held the letter silently for a moment. Her eyes quickly dashed over the page for a quick second read. Then a grin crossed her face, which transformed to a smile, which transformed to one loud... Ha! About fucking time those losers woke up and appreciated me! More of Bleeder's Digest, issue number 29, The Return of the Homecoming Queen, after this. About fucking time those losers woke up and appreciated me. And so began two weeks of preparation leading up to the big night. Although Donna was certain she would look better than anyone there, without even trying, she wasn't taking any chances. She would hit the gym daily, get her hair and nails done, purchase a new outfit, and maybe one quick Botox session. Not that she needed it. Fucking right I don't. Finally, the big night had arrived. Donna pulled up in front of her old alma mater, Sun Valley High. It hadn't changed much since she attended all those years ago, and her memories hadn't faded much either. Muscle memory kicked in as she pulled into the exact parking spot she used to occupy as a senior. She looked around and noticed that the school grounds were oddly dark. She had expected a bit more fanfare. Lights, decorations, something. What the fuck is this bullshit? It was then she noticed a pale blue light glowing from the gymnasium in the distance. Smoke billowed out from the gap beneath the doors and creeped over a 12-foot red carpet leading to the entrance. The carpet was flanked by those velvet red ropes you see at a movie theater. Now that's more like it. Donna got out of the car and strutted confidently towards the party. She didn't see anyone else as she approached, but she was fashionably late. Everyone was probably inside anxiously awaiting her arrival. 
She pushed the two large gym doors open and swaggered in like the badass she thought she was. Upon entering, she was taken aback by the darkness. Only the dim hue of the blue light painted the walls of the gym. Smoke drifted low in the air. And as far as Donna could tell, there was no one else there. Uh, hello? She called out. Nothing. Hello? At that instant, the blue light suddenly switched to red, which helped in illuminating her surroundings. Now about 20 feet in front of her, Donna could see an impressive throne. It was massive and incredibly ornate. It looked like something out of a storybook or movie. More red velvet ropes established a clear path to this royal seat. Then a voice from somewhere. Please take your rightful spot on your throne, my queen. Donna grinned and got butterflies in her stomach. This was so cool, she thought. She stepped forward and made her way to the throne. Dramatic music echoed throughout the gymnasium as Donna marched her way down the red carpet into finally taking her rightful spot on her royal seat. The music stopped as a blinding white spotlight illuminated Donna. She held her hand up to block the light. Jesus! She began to hear footsteps approach. First from the right, then the left, then from everywhere. It was clear she was surrounded, though because of the blinding light, Donna could only make out shadows. Eventually, all of the shadows found their place, and the room went silent. Until... Okay, what the fuck is going on? Then, from the darkness, the mysterious voice responds. We gather here tonight to recognize the past, or more specifically, our queen. Your influence has haunted us all through the years, and though we have all grown older and found ourselves on different paths, it is you, Donna D'Angelo, that still lingers in our collective hearts and minds. I am pretty fucking unforgettable. You have touched us in ways that you could not comprehend. Throughout your many words and actions, you have become the touchstone of pain and suffering for so many. Donna's face scrunched in confusion. What? Yes, Queen, we have come here to recognize the past, but we're also here to rectify the present. Suddenly, from behind the throne, a heavy rope drops around Donna and is quickly tightened and tied. Then the same around her wrists and feet. In a matter of seconds, she is strapped and rendered immobile. She struggles to get free, but it's useless. What the fuck? Untie me, you fucktards! There is no response. Did you hear me? I said fucking untie me! Then again from behind, a swift rip of duct tape slaps over Donna's mouth and then wraps around her head. Her cries are transformed into a muted mumble. She fights some more for escape, but it's impossible. Tears start to stream down her face as she drops her head in defeat. The room goes dark. We will now begin the tributes. The room fills with red light. An ominous hum fills the air. First up is Sarah Hughes. You may remember her as Witchface. A woman steps forward into the light. Donna's eyes widen. She recognizes her and her nose. Yes, for years, day after day, you would mock the size and shape of her nose and call her witch face. Sarah would cry alone in the bathroom and even contemplate suicide. She has come to pay tribute. Sarah steps forward and slowly approaches a panicked Donna. She stops, flashes a revenge-filled smile, and reveals a large knife that she had been concealing behind her back. 
Donna shakes her head and pleads for mercy, but it's all in vain. Sarah grabs Donna's face to steady her and begins to slowly saw the tip of her nose off. Donna screams in agony from beneath the duct tape as blood squirts and runs down her face, staining her new dress a dark red. Sarah drops the knife and retreats into the shadows as Donna screams from the pain. Next up for tribute is Craig Garcia, or as you so affectionately christened him, Stumps. Donna lifts her blood-soaked face to see a man in a wheelchair slowly roll from the shadows. Craig lost the use of his legs in a terrible car accident. You, Donna, found amusement in his misfortune. Craig rolled forward, a large hammer in his lap. Donna knows what is coming. Craig lifts the hammer and with a wail slams it down, viciously crushing Donna's right kneecap. She cries in agony. Craig laughs and does the same to her left. Donna's leg contorts to an inverted position. She lets out an inhuman howl. She's beginning to lose consciousness. Our third guest for tribute is Kevin Hallbrook. Kevin struggled for years with his weight, which you, Queen Donna, spotlighted daily by pointing and shrieking the moniker Pig Body every chance you had. Kevin, please come forward. From the darkness, a man strides into the light. The man is not overweight at all. In fact, he's muscular and fit. Donna eyes him with confusion as he moves closer. She notices that he's carrying a large bucket filled with what appears to be human waste. The smell is nauseating. Kevin leans in and violently rips the tape from Donna's face. She gasps for air. You're not Kevin? You can't be! Yes, Queen, this is Kevin, and despite all your torture, he battles his demons and won! Donna pleads a misguided clarification. See? If I didn't make fun of him, he would still be fat and gross. I helped him! Without response, Kevin grabs a large funnel and tube. He jams the tube deep into Donna's mouth and begins to force-feed her the excrement. She gags and spits and vomits as chunks of feces slide into her mouth. This continues until the bucket is empty. Donna gags some more. Her head falls heavy as long strings of thick bile stretch to the floor. Please, please, no more. Alas, the tribute is almost complete, but we do have one last special guest. Please come forward. Donna hears footsteps moving closer. She's weak and can barely muster the strength to lift her head, but somehow she does. She struggles to focus until finally recognizing the figure in front of her. Penny! Yes, your dear brother, Benny. Donna gets a glimmer of hope in her eyes. <laughs> Benny! Benny, please untie me! I'm your sister, Benny! Please help me! Benny stands in silence, staring at his now unrecognizable little sister. Benny, please! I love you! You know, I didn't mean any of it. It was all Mom and Dad's fault. Please, Benny! Then... A small, empathetic grin flashes across Benny's face, and he begins to speak. His stutter is pronounced. D- Donna, you are my little sis- sister, and I-, I know you didn't mean to tr- treat me the way that you, you d- d- did, 
I know that you didn't didn't mean to torture and and ab- abuse abuse me and stand by as our, our, our parents did the same. I know you never really meant harm to all of these people here tonight. You you were always innocent, just a vi- victim of cir- circumstance. A hopeful smile grows from beneath the blood and stool caked across Donna's face. She thinks to herself, That little pathetic shit Benny is really going to save me. <laughs> He's as dumb as ever. D- Donna, you, you're... You're, you're my little sister, and I love you. You really mean that, Benny? Benny takes a moment. His eyes swell with emotion as he points a handgun straight between Donna's eyes. Without a trace of stutter, he says, No. No! Donna slumps lifeless. All hail the queen! 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 The Return of the Homecoming Queen, written by Spider One, featuring Spider One as the narrator, Chrissy Fox as Donna D'Angelo and Mom, L. Riot Fox as Young Donna, Riley Cummings as Benny. Michelle Carter as the mystery voice. Tyler Connolly as dad. Engineering production and sound design by Chrissy Fox. Theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox, and Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.